everybody, it's Johnny from the Beers and Lot Podcast. Welcome to episode 14. We have a really great show today. We're talking with Ryan Minkoff, former Minnesota youth hockey player who turns into a published author. How do you get to that path? We'll dig into that. Don't forget to tell all your teammates, friends, everybody about the podcast. All right, let's go. All right, guys. Let's have a beer. What do you say? All right. I got a good one tonight. I'm going to start myself out. <laughs> Treat yourself, Aaron. Treat, Treat yourself. yourself. What you I got? I just picked this up today, actually. This is a uh, Guinness Baltimore Blonde. Oh, yeah. Brewed uh, in Baltimore. Oh, yeah, right near BWI. Yep. You can, you can see the brewery when you're driving yep. by the airport. Open Gate Brewery. Yep. yep. It's good stuff. At night, nice. it's all lit up. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It looks like, looks a, like nice a mecca. Building. Yeah, I haven't been in there yet, but it looks nice. How about uh, how about you, John? What do you got? I have a Red Shedman, which is right down the street from me. Red Shedman Brewery, and I have the Coconut Porter. I'm a porter enthusiast, and I don't, also like coconut. Oh, so don't be shy. Show the can. Yeah. Ooh, coconut porter. They can't see it on the. Oh. Podcast. They can't see it. <laughs> I can any, see it though. Anyone is more than welcome to go to your local. Probably local, as in Frederick County. Hyper local. Yeah, hyper local. Yeah, yeah hyper local. <laughs> Frederick County beer store, and pick yourself up one if you like it. Danny, what are you drinking this evening, sir? I got uh, Flame Wizard by Black Flag Brewing Company. Let me tell you, it is delicious. Show me that can. Show me that can. <laughs> what a can! For the folks at home. It's a heck yeah, of a can. It's a delightful can. <laughs> it's a great can. You guys would love it if you could see it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Rigo? So I, too, have a uh, Black Flag Brewing Company out of Columbia, Maryland product. Excellent. Uh, it is called Hardy Daytona. It's a West Coast IPA. Uh, the can art, not as good as the Flaming Wizard, but I think they're going on like a Harley Davidson kind of theme here. Uh, it's got a, a motorcycle on it, and the the uh, the word art is very much like the Harley Davidson logo. Hopefully, they don't get in trouble. Uh, well, we'll let the art <laughs> slide as long as the beer is good. But it's yeah, it's pretty good. It's very clean, very crisp. Definitely a West Coast IPA. Nice. Yeah. So, guys, uh, I guess we have a, a special guest, Ryan Minkoff who was a Minnesota high school hockey player who uh, ended up at the University of Washington playing college club hockey, which then turned into a European pro career in one of the lower-level Finnish leagues, which then led to him being a pro player agent. And now he's a published author telling that story. So let's go to the interview with Ryan Minkoff now. So you doing a bunch of these, Ryan? You doing like a little whirlwind tour of podcasts? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm definitely doing a handful, um, but I, I haven't done a lot so far. I've only done a few. I think I'll right be doing right. more probably in the coming weeks. I would imagine they're not they're not going to send you on a on a book tour or something, you know, like a, <laughs> I mean, I, guess, I wish not with, not with the current situation. But. Yeah. Yeah. Not in the current situation. I don't think I would have gotten that anyways, uh, <laughs> but I would have done some local things for sure. 
Yeah, right on. Cool. Yeah, I saw you were on NHL Network uh, yesterday with Panger and Jamerson Coyle. So glad you're following up with a good crew here. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. No, that's, good. that's exactly right. I'm uh, I'm open to talk to anybody. So it's awesome. Panger was uh, was cool. Good, 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 good. Well, so I guess let's get into it. Uh, tell us a little bit about your youth hockey background before college. Yeah. Um, it was pretty interesting, <laughs> to say the least. I uh, grew up in Minnesota, and my parents, where I was going to go for hockey games, University of Minnesota. So I was, uh, I was going with them, and I, um, I lived in a small town about an hour from the Twin Cities. So that's where I started, um, just skating outside, and um, from there, I played in one association. It's called Hanover, and that association ended up merging with another association called Buffalo, and that was just an instant, like, political mess. <laughs> so I was involved in that through squirts. After squirts, I was I was just, I had enough. I, I was, like, the area's probably top player at the time, and from there... I left and I went to a tier one team and it was actually technically in Wisconsin. So I would, <laughs> my parents would be shuttling me all over the place. Uh, and uh, it was a tier one team. So we were playing teams all over the Midwest and flying around and driving eight hours to Chicago. And Oh, wow. So that was a crazy year. It was a really good year too. I, my coach was Craig Norwich who played in the NHL, went to Wisconsin. So he was really good to learn from. Uh, after that year, the team like disbanded, just didn't continue. Uh, so that was unfortunate. And then I had to find another team. I waved in to a team called Tri-Cities, which was like a team made up of three cities, obviously. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> That team ended up after that year, that team went under. So I had to find another team to start my uh, Bantam years. And I played for a team called Armstrong Cooper. And I, yeah, I stuck there for my two years of Bantams. Did really well. And then it was on to high school hockey from there. And yeah, that was... Uh, interesting time as well i don't know if you want me to go right into that or not <laughs> yeah why not tell us about high school hockey in minnesota well it's, a, it's what everybody wants to do um from a young age uh my parents also had uh state high school tournament tickets and we would sit awesome like right behind the edge. so those are cool seats but you also like can't see very well at the same time. <laughs> You're trying to look over the players and then the coach gets in the way half the game. So, but I, at the same time, like I, I got a couple sticks from players growing up. It was, it was really cool. Uh, and it's like the, it's the biggest spectacle for, in terms of high school sports for hockey, that's for sure. Um, in the U S so growing up, you kind of always dream of, trying to get there uh so that was definitely on my radar and 
my high school experience, I I never got there and I never got close in terms oh. of personal. Oh man. I uh <laughs> in terms of the team I was on, I had the potential to get there. We uh my my school made the state tournament my freshman year, which I was still playing Bantam hockey, and then once I was done they made it the year after. Uh but yeah, my first year I came in and I came in with from my Bantam team four other guys who were the other top players on that team and they all made varsity. I didn't. And that was tough because everything that I was told in the summer, like I was right on track to, to make that team. Hmm. Uh but I was I was going to a private school. It was a it was a big time team, so there's it's a lot you can't control. Uh so yeah, my first high school season was all J V or junior varsity and yeah, from there I can't say it really got any any easier. My sophomore <laughs> my junior year I was bouncing up and down between J V and varsity. I, I would play mo I played most of the varsity games, but I was like the sixth defenseman, so I was getting on the ice like maybe four or five shifts a game. And then at the same time I would probably play I think I played probably half the J V games. Or I'd but I'd play like only two periods. Hmm. Because in Minnesota you could play up to four periods in a in a day. Oh. So I'd play like two <laughs> JV and then I'd get off the ice and then I'd like go to warm up with the varsity team and yeah, play two periods. It, it was ridiculous, but <laughs> that's what I did that year. And then during all this time, I, I was doing a lot of summer tournaments. Uh, that That's really where I was able to get exposure because I couldn't, I couldn't get it. Uh, during my season. So and I, I was, I was on all the, I was on all the top AAA teams and select teams in the summers. So I was, I was getting seen by a lot of scouts and, and they'd come to my regular season and they would be like, where, like this guy's not on the ice, like what's going hmm. on. So that really hurt me. And that was really tough for me mentally for sure. Uh, because I was just at a loss. I, I didn't know how to... I wanted to play Division One in college. I, I just... I couldn't figure out how I was going to get there because I, I knew I needed to be seen. Um, but at the same time, I also needed to develop. And I wasn't developing as much as I felt like I could because I wasn't was getting playing time. Yeah. So my senior year, I finally came to the realization that I should look at other options. And I ended up leaving my high school team. I still stayed at the same high school for school. Um, but I played with a junior hockey team locally. And it was tier three juniors. It wasn't, uh, we weren't a very good team, but it was really good for me mentally. And just to develop, I was playing against older guys and yeah. playing more games. And I was playing a ton. And I could just kind of, go out and really try to make an impact on the game. And if I, 
messed up, I knew I'd I'd have a chance of going back on the ice and continuing. Uh, that was that was really key for me at at that time. So that's kind of when my career started to to take off. I felt like, um, and going into that, my going into my senior year, I had interest from Union College mm. um, in New York, and yeah, initially they were like. We really like you. We're really interested in you potentially coming in here after your senior year. And then that shifted to probably after a couple of years of juniors when you're 20. Um, I just, I never was interested in playing junior hockey after high school. I uh, was pretty set on going to college and I didn't want to play Division Three. I, I easily could have. Yeah. Um, but I just, I didn't want to go to a small school and I was, I was pretty into, uh, exploring and I, I wanted to get a big school experience. So if it, it was, uh, it was division one and then I felt like, well, I, if I'm not going to juniors, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get to division one. It's just, it's not going to happen unless I got really lucky and walked on and that's just not doesn't happen uh yeah not not to say it can't right. but yeah it, it's really hard really hard yeah. so yeah yeah from there it was it came down to penn state uh they had a really good club team and they were going to go division one which i was basically learning about at the time of my senior year and uh right. but they were still going to be club like the first year i was coming in so i was like well that that would be uh, like I'd be joining a really good team. I might make the team, but I might also get cut after one year. <laughs> right. So I was always in my head. And then I applied to UW or University of Washington in Seattle. My mom is from out here, and I applied like the last day I could. I I didn't think really much of it, um, but I knew they had a club team. I didn't know anything about the club team. I didn't know really anything about <laughs> the West Coast and hockey because all the teams that we'd play on the West Coast from Minnesota, we'd we'd crush them. So I didn't I didn't think very much of it. And uh, but at the same <laughs> time, I was like, I was looking at the schedule, and they're they're going to California, they're going to Arizona, <laughs> they're going to Utah. Nice. Uh, it was it was cool. Um, so I was like, well, let, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's see where I can go from there. Um, and yeah, that's what happened. And, and it seems like, at least from what you said, like Penn state, you kind of did a little bit of due diligence on that, you know, kind of learning yeah. a little more about the club team, but, uh, university of Washington outside of their travel schedule, did you know a ton? Um, I, I tried to, uh, do my research there too. I, there was one player on the team at the time who was from Minnesota. So he called me um, like midway through my senior year, just, and I asked him some random questions about the school and learned that they practiced two days a week on Monday, Wednesday nights at like 11 PM. And yeah, uh, yeah, he said they got decent crowds for rival games. Uh, He was playing it up for sure, but um, he, he, he was, he was helpful. Um, 
he was going to be a senior my freshman year. Um, and he was a ROTC guy. So he was really, uh, he was just a really stand up guy, uh, as I got to know him. But other than that, no, I, I didn't really know much. I, I met the coach when I, after I got accepted into the school and had to come out for orientation and whatnot, I, I met the coach for coffee and seemed like a fine guy. He was kind of scary and, uh, <laughs> I'll get along just fine, I guess. And I, uh, I, I played in a men's league game. I brought my gear out for an orientation and I played in a men's league game that a bunch of the, t- the players were playing in. And I was just terrible. I ate like a full large pizza before, like two hours before. <laughs> I, I really was downplaying it in my head. I was like, I'm coming out and playing in this men's league game. Like, I, I, I really like was, I was just, I figured, well, this level's got to be brutal. Um, so I'll just go out and skate and it'll be easy. Um, but yeah, I was, I was terrible, and that I uh, that that kind of helped me in a sense going into the season, where I was like, all right, I, I need to like I need to bring it. So that helped that helped me a little bit uh, <laughs> going in, just just being able to acclimate a little bit with the team before. Yeah, getting there for my fall uh, quarter was was nice. Yeah, that's cool. I I remember like. So I played I played D two club out here um, mm-hmm. at UMBC and yeah like I remember going in I had I had no idea what it was right and also like I grew up in Maryland mm-hmm. in the DC area so I I imagine my high school hockey experience was way different than yours but <laughs> um, <laughs> you know you know going into it uh, I had no expectations I did not have the benefit of any games at that level before and then like the first game i went in we were actually away and i was playing d uh yeah i went back to pick up a puck behind the net and like you know playing around here like guys aren't that fast and they really aren't that physical well Mm -hmm. it was another level up and i go behind the net to pick up the puck and i just get blasted I have my head down. I go to look up. The guy's right on top of me, lays me yeah. out like on my back. Took me like five seconds to figure out where I was and like get up and stuff. So I, I mm-hmm. imagine like that that shock was pretty similar. Uh, yeah, yeah. My my uh, my first game uh, exhibition game, I was actually really bad too. <laughs> I, uh, it was the only it was the only game I played defense my old UW career. So I, I was a defenseman the whole way up. Right. Uh, and, it, and my first game at UW and it was an exhibition at Western Washington university, which is about hour and a half, two hours away sure. from Seattle. Yeah. And it was a Friday night game, 10 PM. <laughs> they actually brought a pretty good crowd. And I remember I, I uh, wanted number three, and coach said, yeah, you show up to the rink and there's no number three. And the only 
jersey that they had available with a three in it was number 83. And <laughs> the jersey was worn the year before by a senior who was the assistant captain. So the jersey that I wore my first game and really um, all my freshman year had an A on A on the jersey. Uh, and like, not bad. Yeah, we, we didn't. Yeah, it was a good good start for me. I uh, didn't anticipate that, but yeah. And I remember I didn't have any breezer covers. Like the, the Jersey bag had five breezer covers, and <laughs> I didn't get any. Obviously, being a freshman, and so that was that was a sort of a wake up call. Like, all right, we this is not Minnesota. Like, it's not super professional and yeah um that was something i kind of took right away like i i need to i need to fix this this is not going to continue as as my career goes on so yeah I, I did uh in time um but yeah my first game i was i was terrible i got walked a couple times and <laughs> uh just wasn't moving very well but after that i uh i was, I was moved to center so that that fixed a lot of my problems, I'd say. <laughs> Wait, they didn't hide you at wing like they did me? They, they hid me at wing and they put me at right wing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I mean, I played center and wing my freshman year, but it's pretty much center. Uh, nice. From there on out, they wanted me to skate. So, so, so you touched on a little bit there, how you kind of cleaned it up professionally with the Washington program. What What were some of the things you did or – yeah, even maybe kind of helped that team along that they carry to till today. Yeah, um, I know one thing that always bugged me my freshman year was I'd walk into the UW bookstore and I wouldn't see anything UW hockey related. There was yeah, I I had known that other schools would carry random club T-shirt or something. Uh, but our bookstore, we didn't have anything. So I set out on my own to try to get shirts in the bookstore. And I remember my first time I went in the bookstore and I asked uh, one of the ladies running the desk. And she was like, yeah, we don't have Udom hockey shirts. I didn't even know we had a team. Um, (laughs) But if uh, there's consistent interest from from fans or people, then yeah, we'll we'll carry it, or we we can talk about it. So I I kind of took that to heart and devised my own little plan. I started calling up the bookstore every week, and I would just use different voices, shirts, <laughs> <laughs> and they give me. It was the same spiel every time for the most part, who with whoever was working. So I went on with that for probably six weeks. And once the start of the new year came around, I ended up calling the director lady again and asking her about you know, hockey t-shirts in the bookstore. And <laughs> like, yeah, I know we've gotten a handful of calls and um, some, some decent interest in it. So we'll, we'll, we'll put in a, a little bit, of a shipment and we'll get those out in the next month. And I was just, I was, I was super pumped about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. awesome. I, got, 
I got plenty of chirps for doing it. Uh, <laughs> my next practices. But uh, that was that was cool. Um, later in my career, I helped get new jerseys. Uh, the jerseys we had were just they were just heavy <laughs> and outdated. And uh, my dad, growing up, and on for a lot of the summer teams, he worked with this company called Gemini Athletic, and they do a lot of the high school jerseys in Minnesota and even a lot of NCAA uh, jerseys too. And my dad knew the knew the guy really well there that ran that company, and um, that helped us us get a nice little design of new jerseys and. Um, basically we used fundraising money to help get that done. So that was cool. Uh, there was other <laughs> things I wanted to get done that I, that I didn't, I wanted cool helmets <laughs> all the time. And I, I didn't get those, but, <laughs> um, what, yeah, I, I was always trying to look good out there. What was the, what was the rink situation like for you guys? Like, do, yeah. does, does UW have a rink on campus or, you know, no. Yeah. Now, so you have played a 15 minute drive away. And yeah, I mean, it worked. Certainly wasn't ideal. We were always just carpooling to practices or games. Yeah. Um, but the rink wasn't bad. Actually, I really liked it because it was Olympic size sheet. Oh, nice. And that was, that was great for my game. And it's just great for club in general because. I really took that. That was a really big advantage for me because I was, I'm, I'm one of my biggest strengths was skating. So, yeah, yeah. And most, most of the rinks around the West Coast, I would say, are, were not Olympic size. So we, we had a home advantage, sort of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was normal, normal rink. Sat, sat about a thousand fans. No, nothing special. It's cool. Did you guys pack the place? Uh, rarely, um, <laughs> like rival games versus Oregon. Sure, yeah, we're we're definitely the the rowdiest, and we had a couple of games versus UCLA that were sold out. We had uh, uh, football players come and drop the puck nice. for like yeah. a ceremony. And yeah, that always brings up fans if you can pull it off. And yeah. Yeah, but uh, for the most part, it was fans will show up for the Oregon games. Other than that, uh, we we did our best though to to ramp that up with with fans. We we organized shuttle buses from campus to our rink and back. Oh, nice! So we could. What we did was we would sell a ticket for like five or ten bucks to come to the game and the bus nice so you're basically just paying for the bus and you get to come into our game and our games were byob so awesome <laughs> we, we and i don't even think the rink had a laker license i think they were kind of kept out of out of the loop things sure we were yeah. doing yeah um i i know it's not really like that today um, but we did a, we did a good job advertising that 
to frats and sororities and <laughs> uh, anybody on campus that was looking for a party, we we tried to bring it to our games because they were at 9, 10 p.m. at night. And yeah, <laughs> just bring, bring your six pack, come to the game. There's plenty of room to sit and hang out with your friends. And yeah, the, the games would get pretty rowdy as, as they go on. And um, as long as nothing too dumb was going on, it, it worked out. So. That's awesome. <laughs> what about, you know, travel out West then? I know like on the, on the East coast, like you mentioned carpooling, like to your home rank. I know we did mm-hmm. a lot of carpooling up and down between yeah. Maryland and PA and New York and New Jersey and sometimes up to, you know, Massachusetts and stuff. You know, what, what mm-hmm. was it like for you guys? Like our school, like had a bus, but we weren't allowed to use it. Or if we did, we had to pay for it. Cause like we weren't varsity. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, yep. what, yep. what did you guys end up doing for, for travel? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and we got, we got a few grand from the school. So we, we used that accordingly, but yeah, that didn't help us for any travel really. It was, uh, <laughs> it was all, all carpooling for the most part. Um, I have a good story about that. I'll, I'll tell it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but we, we usually take a couple flights. Um, oh, wow. and those, when we, when we would play USC or UCLA, okay. Play one of them every year, usually. And we played Cal. So we were for sure going to California every year. It was a matter of just what city. Right. Uh, Arizona, we'd fly there uh, and play ASU. That was a amazing road trip. <laughs> and um, just, just due to the bar scene and just being down there and yeah. great weather. Uh, Utah, we'd fly there. That was a miserable trip. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was always cold. The beer was three point two percent. Everything was closed by midnight. <laughs> not, to do. Uh, not not good for for a club hockey vacation weekend. Um, yeah, other than that, like we were driving to all the all the local teams in Washington, Washington State, uh, Western Oregon. We drive there. It was about a five hour drive. Uh, Boise, we. Well, uh, I can tell this story. The Boise's <laughs> where uh, some players would fly, some would carpool. And this one Boise trip kind of ended the carpooling for <laughs> our program. Uh, yeah, we we had, uh, I think, three or four cars going. And then a couple players were flying to Boise. This was my junior year. Um. So we all, we all, it's about an eight, eight hour drive. So it's not a, not a short one. And one of the cars, like three or four hours in, they ended up flipping. Oh. Flipped the car. It was insane, but everybody lived. It was, and nobody had any injuries. It was wow. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. So as a result of that, to uh one of the players that was flying his bag was on the car so he didn't he didn't go on the trip obviously those four didn't come on the trip our roster that season we had like 14 or 15 guys total um and we already had a couple of guys that just weren't coming 
So <laughs> we got to the games in Boise. We had eight eight guys. <laughs> These two games oh, and our man. backup goalie, our uh, starter, went to Vegas for his twenty one run instead. So <laughs> we were uh, yeah, we were limping in and we lost fifteen to one our first game. Oh and yeah, it was just brutal showing. <laughs> and the second game, we didn't even finish. It ended uh like we just called the game in the second intermission because we had a couple guys injured and we were down to five guys, and it was just oh my <laughs> gosh. This, this is insane. We were only down, I think it was five zero or five to one. So it wasn't that I mean, yeah. all things considered, it wasn't that bad. It's not fifteen to zero. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and like we, I, I probably played thirty-five minutes of the of the forty. Oh. So it's just like I'm just gliding around. It's I had nothing left. Um, <laughs> so we get out of there. We leave on Sunday. Start driving back, and I'm in this pretty old. Um, car. I think it was, I'm trying to remember what exactly what it was, but uh, it was old, like, and it broke down about <laughs> two and a half hours outside of Seattle <laughs> on the high, like legit highway and pull off to the side of the road. He like doesn't know what to do. And I'm in the car with uh, two other guys and we're like, all right, what, like, what are we going to do? The other cars that already passed us and they're not turning around. They don't have room for us anyways <laughs> with all our bags and things yeah, we had. Yeah. So we were just like, well, uh, I, I guess we can hitchhike or try. So we got out of the car and we're doing like the thumbs up and we're <laughs> like, uh, doing like the honk the horn thing, the semis, and we're just kind of messing around on the shoulder. Thankfully, it was a pretty big uh shoulder that we had space, but yeah, we uh stood out there for I don't know 20 30 minutes and a we got we just got lucky. A Vietnam War vet uh pulled over and brought us to Seattle, he was on his way to his nephew's football game. <laughs> and he uh he brought us back to seattle so that was a incredible trip to say the least and but yeah as a result of all that uh there's there is no carpooling anymore it's always uh yeah ordering vans through the school or through a rental service or or bus obviously you you mentioned some of the rivalries and one thing that i remember so playing at a school in, in Baltimore, at that time we were in a, uh, I don't know, a division or a conference. I forget yep. what it was called at the time that, um, you know, it was like us and, you know, Hopkins and Loyola. And, you know, there were, there were probably half a dozen schools all within like an hour's drive of us. So there were some mm -hmm. pretty intense rivalries. Like we'd go play, at, you know, Hopkins and they would actually bus fans in, do that whole thing too. Um, yeah. and you know, during warmups, they were like throwing pennies on the ice and batteries and stuff like at us. Like, I don't know if you experienced any of that type of like fan rivalry stuff, but I was just wondering if, if you did. Uh, yeah, I would say 
not not nothing really to that extent. I know we'd have home games versus Oregon and some of those some of the Oregon guys, if they get penalties, they'd go into the box and fans would be harassing them and bang on the glass and nice. They had, uh, <laughs> they were pretty much they were they were good for somebody getting kicked out of the game uh, <laughs> for mouthing off to fans or doing doing something with them that they shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. Uh, so I know our fans did a good job of that. Uh, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what exactly they were saying or doing, but um, from from my end, n- nothing uh, nothing too crazy besides just people yelling at you during the national anthem or yeah. um, little things. But yeah, n- n- nothing nothing too out of the blue. I would say with our rivals worth. So that just means no one from Philly goes to the West Coast, pretty much. I think <laughs> we, we can we can establish that right now. It could be, yeah. I mean, they're, uh, they're a little tamer. I don't know. Uh, not, not every rink had BYOB, so I yeah, think that's true. Uh, we we use that to our advantage. Nice. <laughs> so Ryan, do you want to skip a little bit to your senior year and kind of how? your overseas venture started kind of what was going on that season. Were you kind of looking at the next level as you were about to graduate and whatnot and and your hockey career there? Yeah. So going into my senior year, I, I knew I'd be good enough to, to go pro how I would get to that level. I had no clue. Um, I, I didn't even think about agents. I didn't think about, really any of it I just was I just kind of had a feeling that well I'll I'll figure it out like I'll I'll get there somehow but I I really didn't know anything I I knew players that had gone to Europe just from being in Minnesota and and training with them Hmm. um, in past summers but I didn't uh, didn't know how they got out there and they were much higher caliber players they were guys coming from the AHL or really good uh, NCAA right. programs. So I was like, well, like it's way different than I am. Um, but yeah, through my senior year, I, I didn't, I didn't really explore it. I didn't, I didn't, I uh, wasn't reaching out to teams. I wasn't doing anything. Um, I got to Finland through a uh, Facebook message. Essentially <laughs> I was in, <laughs> I was on spring break in Mexico my senior year with a teammate and his family, just kind of hitting the clubs and hanging on the beach. Um, and I got this Facebook friend request from a guy in Finland. Didn't know who it was. Didn't think anything of it. So I deleted it. <laughs> and then the next, the next morning I wake up and he had sent me another friend request. So I was like, okay, uh, that's, that's odd. I haven't experienced that. It's persistent. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I was just like, well, so, something's going on here. I'll just accept it and I don't know, see what happens. And then he sends me this nice little message. He's the team manager in Finland and they uh, were interested in potentially working something out to get me over there for the next season. So that's where it all started. Um, and yeah, it took, took a month and a half of 
conversing to get something done. Um, I did have one little connection to the town. Um, during my senior year, when I was playing junior hockey, there was a Finnish player from that same town. So oh. there was there was a little bit like that team probably had me on the radar at that point, and I was a, one of the top players on that team, and so that helped probably get me on on the radar somewhat. But they also had a club player on the team a few years prior that had done pretty well. So I think that was in my favor. Uh, they, they saw my stats and probably were like, geez, this guy's got to be incredible. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it worked out. I, but yeah, I, my senior year, I, I didn't know anything. I didn't know how to get out there. And, and you negotiated your own contract. Was that like, through a series of phone calls or all Facebook messenger or what <laughs> go, yeah, go yeah. through, go through that a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah. So that was, uh, I, I sent some messages back and forth with the manager. Um, I, I talked to the old club player that had played there. He said, fine things about it. Um, I had known one other player who went to Utah state who was playing in Germany. And I, connected with him just to ask him about European hockey, his experience. He was playing at the lower levels also. Um, so he, he gave me a little bit of advice. Um, but for the most part, I just asked a lot of questions. I, I was very naive about the situation and I was also lucky that they were in, they were very interested in having me. Um, like looking back, some of the things I asked, I, I don't know. Now that I do this stuff as <laughs> a job, I'm like, geez, I don't know. Uh, questionable <laughs> questions that I asked, <laughs> um, but it worked out because the team was really interested in me. They 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 wanted to get something done mm. and. Yeah, I did as much research as, as I could. I talked to the coach. Um, he didn't speak English that well, but I kind of got the gist of he wanted somebody that could put up points and score. And okay, sounds good. I I'll do my best. Um, but yeah, it was just a. Just, I, I and I also I, I took my time. I I tried to make sure I could get the best deal I could. I I wasn't. Uh, I didn't have any money coming out of college, so I <laughs> I wanted to make sure I could survive over there. And um, yeah, I, I I wanted to be involved in the community. I wanted to have things to do. I wanted to try to save money on meals, so I uh, I put everything I could in in that contract before I got out there. So going, you know, you go from Minnesota high school hockey, you go to you know college club. There's a culture shock mm -hmm. there. Now you're going to, you know, European pros in Finland, uh, you know, yep. of all places, right? Um, like what, what's, what is the culture shock there? Like when you, you get into the country and now you have to live there and make your own way there and play hockey and, 
and do all this kind of stuff. And and I gather you're probably the only American or one of few Americans that are in the town, right? Yeah. So yeah, you know what what is yeah. that like? You know, as as the minority American now in in small town Finland playing for the local team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, so I was. Yeah, there. My town was fifteen thousand people, roughly, four hours north of Helsinki. So. Yeah, it was it was small. It was I mean, I grew up in a small town in Minnesota, so that was kind of reminded me a little bit of it. Hmm. Um but yeah, we had a my team, we had a women's Finnish baseball team and there was a pro basketball team that had a couple Americans on the team. Okay. So yeah, there was probably four or five total Americans in the town. Uh <laughs> and the basketball team was kind of always on the road and right. I didn't, I didn't get to interact with them too much. I did a little bit, which was, that was really cool for me. Um, but yeah, there wasn't a lot going on. That's for sure. I mean, there was only a couple bars and there was one club. It was only open for two or three months of the year total. <laughs> uh, so yeah, in terms of the, just the living there, it, it was very simple life. And took me about a week to really get over the jet lag. I <laughs> was the only American on the team. I lived with a Latvian kid who uh, spoke English, thankfully, spoke Russian, spoke Latvian. He was a really good guy to, to live with. I uh, learned a lot from him. We got along really well. Most of my teammates couldn't speak English. Um, <laughs> most could understand it. It was just an extent of how much can they speak. I would say outside of four or five guys, I could really only say like, Hey, what's up? How's it going? <laughs> good, good. And then that's it. Uh, convo end. And, uh, so that, that was, that was the biggest challenge I had out there was just trying to interact and, um, at the same time, I I didn't learn Finnish very well. I didn't I didn't put a time a lot of time into it. Sure. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Um, I learned enough to get get by and order food and do little things, but um, I, I think that would have helped me a little bit more looking back. Yeah. Uh, just just try to acclimate and get to know more people. What what was the hockey like? Like was it was it yeah. a step up, a step down, a lateral move mm-hmm. from from you know ACHA yeah, it, or it was it was definitely better. It was uh it was something that I really welcomed uh, early on. I, I was so used to club, um, yeah, I really relied on my on my only a couple players. Right. And I knew I didn't really have to do that in Finland. Um, <laughs> I, I had, I had good players around me and that, that was just nice. Um, and that's not to knock the players I played with in club because there was a couple of guys that I played really, really well with. Right. Um, and guys that I thought on my team that, like they easily could have played division three or 
Yeah. Um, definitely played at higher levels. So playing in Finland was was really really cool for me. Early on, it was just it was just nice to be in a professional setting. Yeah. Um, getting on a bus, going to a game, you get there two or so hours early. You're doing a nice warm up. You're you're in nice gear. Yeah. It was just nice to be back in that setting. Uh, I I just remember that was a very welcomed feeling. Um, but in terms of the the hockey, it was I really liked it. It was very just. It, there was a it was systematic, but you're really just you're it's it's free 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 flowing. Um, you're not just skating straight lines and dumping the puck in. My my team, we did not dump the puck in. That's I, awesome. There were guys on my team that literally didn't dump the puck all season, <laughs> like never. Um, That's awesome. It would be you're, you're you're circling in the zone and you're going to try to break the puck up up the ice. Yeah. And if you can't get through the middle of the ice or make a pass to get through the middle of the ice, you're going to circle the puck back and you're going to try it again. Um, and that and that took me some time to grasp too <laughs> i i wasn't used to playing like that so that, that took that took some adjustment and but i i really liked that i i'm a i, I liked having possession of the puck I, I didn't really dump the puck much either in college um but it was just a it was a different style of play and uh yeah i i really liked it it was just nice that all it's a very skilled game over there so that fit in pretty well i thought with me um but yeah it was uh it was a good start and then things kind of went haywire i would say a little bit after that uh -oh. as, as the season went on <laughs> yeah i think i saw that you started as first line and then you went down to third and fourth line minutes, but you still fin yeah. finished third on the team in scoring. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. Me and uh, the Latvian guy, we our situations were very similar in terms of ice time and just how things were going. His contract was not nearly what mine was, and we can talk about that later, but. Our playing time just gradually diminished as the year went on. Um, it's hard to know exactly why, but we just really battled through it. Um, it was mentally very difficult, and it was it it drove my roommate almost insane. It seemed like, but. Hmm. Um, and he was, he was a defenseman. Um, so that also like sort of helped us in bonding too really well. Cause we were right. kind of on the same page. We're the only two foreign players on this team. Um, but yeah, it was just, uh, I don't know if the coach really liked us. I know the board really liked us and they like, they wanted us there. They, they, uh, they were happy to have us in town. Um, just seemed like to us we we were kind of stuck in the middle between coaches' thoughts and uh, management's thoughts. So, mm. 
Um, yeah, it, it, that was interesting, and it was good learning experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the same time, I, I knew if I wanted to keep playing, and just to have a good experience overall, I, I knew I I needed to put up points. I needed to do everything I could. Um, so I I I tried, um, and yeah, playing third and fourth line, it really pissed me off. Uh, maybe that was part of the coach's uh, plan. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, well, he still got he still got his uh, points out of you, right? <laughs> so. I mean, sorta. I, I, feel I, I, I feel I could have given him a lot more. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I, I was put in a kind of grind it out type role. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I, I did it. I is, is what it is. Um, I made the most of it. That, that was kind of my thing really all, all along with Finland. Like I, I really went into it with an attitude of like, I, I'm going to make the most of this however it goes. That's awesome. Um, I know, like in November, when it was really tough to deal with, I met with the manage one of the managers and asked them if they'd consider trading me because I'm like I'm not playing. Like I came out here to play, and like I I was I was scratch. Me and my roommate were scratched the home opener. Oh, um, and. That was just like, geez, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like you got you got two imports and like the sponsors are like they brought us here and you're yeah. literally not playing us. First game it was Ugh. so we kind of <laughs> knew off the bat, all right, something's going on here. Um but yeah, the the manager was just like we we want you here. You're you're making a big impact being here just by being in the town and huh. being involved in the community and doing, I, I was volunteering in the schools and uh, I was helping out in with the youth hockey team coaching. And uh, I drove the Zamboni here and there. I, I had never driven a Zamboni before in my life. Uh, <laughs> so that, that was really a good experience. Um, and yeah, just doing odd, odd jobs around the town and really trying to, immerse myself um so that the the management like they really liked that and yeah they kind of said like hey the the coach is gonna make the calls of what's going on the ice but yeah we we want you here so it's like okay well i want to play but all right (laughs) Um, it is nice though to see like especially as you look back on it now like even though the hockey situation wasn't the best, a lot of people in that situation probably would have packed it up and yeah. kind of gone. But you even said, you know, you touched on it. Um, you know, I'm going to make the most of the situation. I'm going to get involved in the community and almost kind of, you know, management liked it after the fact. I mean, you kind of did it, it seems, mm-hmm. on your own just to kind of get away from the rink to some extent. But yep. I, but also, you know, it wasn't just a hockey experience. It was a life experience for you. So. Yeah, for sure. I uh, and I, I give some credit to my parents too. Um, I uh, I definitely complained, probably plenty. <laughs> they, they, uh, 
they they gave me some wise words, I guess. But yeah, it was uh, as the season went on, and I, I, I mean, all of February, I think I played like only two games all of February. I was scratched like the whole, basically the whole month, and oh. then uh, first round of playoffs, it was a best of three. And then it was going to go to best of five and then best of five for the remain remaining rounds. First two games scratched. And I was like, I, I was losing my mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, then it was game three. The series was one, one and coach put me in for game three. <laughs> and I was like, I, I was, I was mad. Um, Cause I felt like, he knows he needs to win, and that's why he's putting me in now. Yeah. And he came up to me before the game and just was like, hey, like, let's go. And I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I made sure to keep everything to myself. But, yeah, yeah, I scored the first goal that of game three, and we won and moved on. And then uh, we lost the next next round, but. And I only played one game of that series. Played the first game and was done. Uh, but we had a third place game after that. I don't know why they had a third place, but they did. <laughs> and yes, I uh, had a couple of points in that game and I scored on my last shift uh, like ever. So nice. It was a. Uh, like that doing that was uh really the icing like i i was I, I stuck it out and it ended on a positive note in terms of on the ice and yeah it was uh it was a lot big big mental battle but um made made me better in the end so that's great so you, you mentioned it a little bit earlier about you know helping out your roommate um with his mm -hmm. deal um, and I, I think that that story goes that that kind of leads you into the path that you're on now in your career, but you know, yep. you know, how did you help him and, and, you know, how did that all start? Yeah. So like I said, like I got out there, met him, we were living in the same apartment and, um, I had two free or two sponsored meals at this restaurant in town. So it was going to save me <laughs> a lot of money on food. And he didn't have that same exact deal uh, with the with the sponsor at this restaurant. So I found that right away, just going to eat with him. And I, um, that's how I started to learn about his contract. And his salary was just non-existent hmm. in comparison to mine. And I was doing the extra coaching and making a little bit of money from that. And he wasn't even involved in that um, to start. And... I had the Zamboni job that was going to make me even more money. He didn't have anything like that. Um, so I, it was just like, this is just, I need to do something. I, 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 I felt like it was kind of my, my duty to help him. Like, yeah, he didn't have an agent. He had an old friend that played on this team a couple of years prior who had a fine experience and that that's kind of what got him into the team. But 
he didn't ask a lot of questions. He just kind of accepted what what they said, and I, I can't blame him for doing that. Looking back, it's like it's hard, it's hard to get spots and it's hard to get onto teams. Right. Yeah. Um, and if he asked a a question and they didn't like the question, they could have just stopped talking to him. And <laughs> well, yeah. that's just something I didn't think about when I was doing my deal. Yeah. Um, looking back, it's like, wow, I, I'm surprised I didn't think like that at all. Uh, but yeah, so the first month I, uh, helped him with management and got the, the meal deal for him and he got involved with the coaching and made some extra money with me doing that. Um, and we, we did some random odd jobs around town too, just with random sponsors. And so, yeah, I, I, I wanted to help him just to be able to live a little better. Yeah. And that's, that's what got me into it initially. And we, we had payment problems as the season went on, just getting mm. paid late and, um, when we were having playing time issues, we, uh, we just kind of wanted to know what was out there in the market. Um, when I did my Finland deal, I, I, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about really other countries, right? Like could I've gone to other countries. I, I don't know. <laughs> back, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't really know it. And my roommate, he was only 20 at the time. He, he didn't have a lot of experience um, at the pro level either, so he, he didn't know a lot. Um, so that's what got me just learn. I was learning a lot about the leagues, and uh, I, I talked to a couple agents, and they they just didn't really have any time for me. They I wasn't making a lot of money, and I don't know. There was nothing in it for them. So, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I saw, and I, as I was learning more and more as my season went on, I learned like there's a lot of guys. They might not be at my level. They might even they're going to be at higher levels. But there's a lot of guys that are having issues, and yeah, um, that probably need some decent help. So after my season, I was going to keep playing, and. I was going to keep playing for a couple of reasons. One, I didn't want to live in small towns like I was in <laughs> moving forward. And I had a couple of, couple of concussions in the past and that, yeah. that just always weighed on my weight on my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, but my, my roommate was going to keep playing. So I just told him like, Hey man, I'll, I'll help you get a decent deal next year and I can come visit you and I'll have a great time. Nice. So, that's how it started and I helped his older brother and uh helped some other Finnish kids. Um yeah, and then it just just kind of started snowballing. I helped help some of their friends and started getting random messages. So <laughs> Hey, word of mouth, man. That's how it works. Yeah. So that yep. that kind of I mean, that's all was that all European market teams or were you helping them get to North America then too? Because I know like when we were looking at, um, you know, your company's website, uh, mm -hmm. you have a laundry list of different guys, both Europeans <laughs> and North Americans that, you know, have yeah. kind of 
gone both directions right so you yeah, know yeah how did how did all that expand and are there any like yeah um are there, are there any key moments sort of in that that path yeah yeah um so when i started it was for sure all europe um right. i i wanted to stay involved in the game some way and i i liked living in europe yeah. i like traveling around and I, I i did some travels during christmas time and after my season it was it was amazing um so i felt like well this agency that can keep me involved in the game and i don't know see where it goes yeah yeah i, I really didn't know um so for sure when i started was it was all about the european market and I was helping Europeans in Europe. It was also, as time went on, after my first year of doing it, I, I started getting North Americans my second year that, that wanted to go to Europe. Um, so that was sort of a transformative time. Um, I worked with Zach Hamill um, going into my second year. He was a big-name guy. Um, that that really helped me, I would say. Right. Just get a little bit of a little bit more credibility. Yeah. Uh, I helped another guy named Jeff Walker, and he was a Canadian, played in the Q and and the AHL, and I got him into a really really good league in Austria. Yeah. And that helped a little bit. Just just building up credibility, like I, I can get a guy into a good league. Uh, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the first couple of years for sure was all all Europe. Um but after that it was because I w had a decent amount of European players. A lot of European guys they want to come to North America. So it was just kind of a natural transition with my business uh that I, I need to help I need to help these guys get over here. Yeah. And me being American it was it's easy. Yeah, yeah. I speak the language. I just from playing the game for so long, I, I it's easy to connect with with these with these teams and GMs and coaches. Yeah. Um so that was an easy progression. Um it was really just I just need to work on my networking and start talking to everybody I I can. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I uh it, it's cool to see where the business has gone. I mean, now I I really work both markets, from the NHL to the the top leagues in Europe. It's uh, it it's really cool to see where it's where it's gone. Um, I help a lot of Latvian players, um, and that's just all stemmed from that's that's where it started. So I, yeah. I, I'm always going to have have that. They're always going to be um, important important players for me and um those are my best players too for the most part um i've got some good younger north americans too that are that are coming up but um my latvian guys are they mean a lot and um i signed one guy his name is harold's eagle he's in a two-year ahl deal in manitoba nice no clue if they're actually going to play this year but uh, <laughs> That was a that was a cool experience for me with him this last year. He went to Clarkson and 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, he was one of their top players. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was just a cool, cool time for me to, I, I was talking to all kinds of scouts and, um, assistant GMs and whatnot. So yeah, I, I, I definitely have a lot of experience that I've built up and it's just going to keep growing and I'm going to keep building. And, uh, yeah, all, all, all my players, um, the, the whole idea is I, I just want them to reach their goals, whatever they are. Some guys, yeah, they want to get to the NHL. Well, okay, I'm going to do everything I can to get them there. Yeah. Other guys, they're North American and they want to go to Europe. So I'll do everything I can to get them there. And other players, they're in Europe and they want to try to get to North America and I'll help them that way. So it's, it's really uh, turned into just whatever the player wants i i can uh i can do it so now ryan do you think as an agent it's easier because you've lived part of that life where you didn't have a favorable contract you weren't an agent and then also you can look at it from a business side as you've negotiated x amount of contracts in both continents now but also mm-hmm. at the same time you still have kind of a player mentality since you're so fresh to your playing days yeah, um, I would say what helps me the most is just, for especially with Europe, is yeah, I, I played over there. Like I know how all these teams operate. Um, I I know what a lot of the players are dealing with when they're when they're not getting paid on time or have mm-hmm. housing problems or. It's really easy to empathize and understand what they're going through because. I went through a decent amount myself. So that, that definitely helps. And in North America, my youth experience, because I was bouncing around so much, um, it, it resonates a lot with players that any, any player that gets in some kind of political battle for playing time, um, especially at the high school age. And when you're really, trying to get recruited and um you're just you're searching for that opportunity for exposure um i've i've experienced with that myself when i played so that that helps me a lot um but yeah really in the end it's just about um being open and willing to listen and um you're you're trying to help them any way you can. Um, some guys they are really flourishing, and you want them to to continue and really try to get more on the radar of certain teams that they're interested in in the future. Or, um, other guys they're on teams and they're really struggling and you're you're trying to figure out how to help them it's almost a psychological um time where you're 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 just trying to be really positive and yeah you 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 also at the same time if they are really struggling you're like well so we we can look at other options where where would you be interested in potentially going um right it, it it's okay to struggle um you can drop down a level as long as you get playing time. You'll 
you'll get back up and you can get that exposure. It's, uh, it's just about being open to options, I think is really important, um, for, for youth players and, uh, players at the pro level, wherever they are. That's awesome. Can you come talk to like the kids that I coach? Because <laughs> 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 actually, the parents, because I think they all need to hear yeah. some of that. It's yeah, not, yeah, it's not a linear path, right? All the time. A lot of times, it's, yeah. I mean, it's it, ups and downs. It's, right? uh, yeah, it, it. I think part of my the big message of my book, at least one of them, is you can take an unconventional path to get a long way. It, it, you don't have to go the the normal route. It, it's okay to go a, go a route that is is maybe looked down upon, or um, maybe it's a route that it's, you just don't see many players being successful. But mm-hmm. if if you believe and and you stay true to what your goals are and you stay focused, you, you can get there. Um, that, that was the big key for me mentally through all the levels I was at, like high school. When I wasn't playing, I still kept the goal. Like, I, I want to get to Division One. So even yeah. though I'm not playing, like, I need to keep developing in practice. I, I thankfully was at a really good program. So in practice, I was, I was playing against really good players. Yeah, um, yeah a handful that went division one or at least division three. Right. So I at least had that to, to keep me at a decent level. Um, and then the summer I knew like this, this is my shot. Like I, I this is the only time I'm going to get exposure. Right. And I tried to make the most of that. And then, yeah, when I went to club, it was that level in it as a whole, it's all, it, like it's all on you. Um, yes, it is. Club, you're you're running the like the players are running the team. Yeah. Um, I was the president of the team for two years, and like I, I was helping make the schedule, and I'm, I'm running the budget. I'm running yeah. fundraising. Yeah. You're, you're doing all sorts of things. So yeah. the the club level was. It's all what you make of it. Um, you can slough off and not care, which is what plenty of guys do, and there's plenty that that don't. Um, but that was something always in my head that it was just like, if I stay focused, I know I can get to, get to the next level. Um, and I had little things that happened to me, uh, at my, while I was at UW that kind of reassured me a little bit. Um, my freshman or summer after my freshman year, I, was training in Minnesota at this place called first athlete. And, uh, a lot of the guys went there were NHL players or they're in the AHL or NCAA yeah, big time programs. And I like, I'm playing club and I'm somehow in this same thing. <laughs> age. And, um, I'd be sitting in the locker room and I'm just like looking around and all like, my bag does not belong in this locker room. <laughs> uh, but I, I was still skating and I, I was doing, I was doing okay out there. Certainly I wasn't a top player, um, but I, I was doing fine. And one day I was sitting next to 
Marty Sertich was his name, and he uh, won the Hobie Baker at Colorado College, played in the AHL, and it's not bad. Playing in Switzerland, playing in Switzerland <laughs> at the time, yeah. Um, <laughs> and he took a little bit of interest in me and started asking me questions about like, why am I playing club? Like, how, how did you get there? All these, all sorts of things, and right. He kind of said to me like. Hey man, like if you you keep working, you can get to Europe. Um, so I I really when he said that, I was like, wow, okay. Um, and then after my sophomore year, I was twenty, I just turned twenty, and the uh, Everett Silvertip GM called my dad and invited me to training camp. So. That that was uh, like okay. Yeah, yeah. That's that's cool. Obviously, I'm I'm 20. I'm there's no way I'm gonna make the team. Probably there's no way I'm gonna play on it anyways. Uh, but it was nice to get that. And actually, I didn't even know if I was gonna get to go because I called my dad, told me like come to camp, he'll be in touch. But he was never in touch all summer. So I was freaking <laughs> out. Uh, <laughs> Thankfully, I played men's league that summer with Mitch Love, who was the assistant coach of the Silver Tips at the time. Nice. He's now the head coach in in Saskatoon. He's with uh, the World Junior Team with Canada now. He's big yeah. time. Yeah. Um, but he was on my men's league team, and I was and it was like a week or two away from camp, and I was just like, hey. Uh, I think I can like come to camp, but uh, <laughs> my dad, I haven't heard anything. Uh, and he, and he, at first, he was like, "Well, you're you're 20. Like, I, I don't know why. I'm not sure we'd we'd waste waste time." Um, but um, he eventually called me and said, "Hey, we we got a spot at camp. We'd like you to come. You can come to our." Uh, returning only player skate to um oh that's cool yeah get acclimated and yeah i did that 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 was sweet because like i'm going in with all these guys that have been playing on team like two three years yeah and i'm showing up so now they're like oh this guy like must be on the team <laughs> uh, so that that was like a that was really nice that he let me come to that um but i had a i had a really pretty good camp and um i actually didn't get to finish the camp because of utah hockey fundraising so at the same this was a crazy week same week uh you know we were uh running a boeing classic golf tournament fundraiser like we're running concession stands yeah yeah um, we'll make a couple of grand for the team it's yeah pretty important yeah um so I was literally going to my training camp with the silver tips and then I'd get off the ice and I'd go work a concession stand for like six <laughs> hours or however long my shift was, eat hot dogs and a bunch of junk. And then I'd go back the next day and go to camp. It was like the whole Whoa. week. It was insane. Um, get to Sunday. My team uh, is three and oh we're playing in the championship game uh of all these scrimmages yeah 
and my game was at 8 a.m. Sunday, obviously, it's the last day of the golf tournament. I'm getting my gear on, like, 15 minutes away from going on the ice. Warm-ups. I get a call from the Boeing Classic, and they're like, hey, you, like, we don't, there's not enough volunteers here from your team. Oh. Like, okay. Uh, so I start calling all the guys that were supposed to show up for their <laughs> shift at 8 a.m. They're not answering the phone, obviously, like sleeping in, hung over. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> um, so I was losing my mind. I was like, like, what am I going to do right now? Like, <laughs> I'm about to go on the ice. I know that if I don't show up to this golf tournament and try to save these shifts somehow, that maybe, well, I guess we just won't get the money. I don't know what was going to happen. And then my coach called me and was like, hey, Ryan, you got to go to the Boeing Classic and fix this. I was like, okay. Um, so, yeah, like two minutes before I'm supposed to go on the ice, I go out in the out of the locker room and I find Mitch Love and I'm I'm just like, hey, I I can't I gotta oh, leave game. I, uh, <laughs> I gotta take care of this uh, golf tournament fundraiser and he was just like, all right, th- thanks, man. Like, totally get oh. it. Uh, um, you had a you had a good solid camp. We thought thought you did well and thanked me for coming out. Um, and <laughs> and my team. <laughs> goes in the ice for warm-ups and i'm like changing running out running out the door to drive to this golf tournament um i was so mad uh because g- going to a training camp it was like this this is a cool experience it's some not something uh that i necessarily expected to yeah happen yeah but at the same time i when i went to u-dub i was like there's there's WHL teams out here. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they'll watch. Maybe I can come to come to camp. So it was it was really cool that that actually that opportunity actually happened. Um so not being able to finish it really frosted me. <laughs> um oh, and of course my team ended up winning and I would have been in the paper. I missed the <laughs> that. So yeah, I, I was really mad about that, but uh yeah, I mean, we got the two grand or so from the fundraiser, <laughs> so that was a positive. But I was, yeah, wow. I, was, I was pissed at my teammates. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you mentioned the book uh, came out uh, November 1st, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Thin Ice. Uh, it's basically your memoir, I guess, uh, telling yep. this whole story, which is awesome. Um I guess you know my my question with the with the book was like when did you just when did you start writing that like when yeah. when did you decide like I, okay I've got something right because you know you're you're kind of a young guy still so you know mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's a great story obviously and it deserves to be published but um, you know when when do you decide in your career like I got to start writing stuff down and write yeah. this thing you know. Yeah, so I actually started writing um, going into my senior year, summer before, um, at UW. And I just started writing because I was reminiscing. I, I felt like my career was probably ending soon. And <laughs> when that happens, you start thinking a lot. You start reminiscing back to yeah 
things you were doing growing up. And at the time, I I, I always enjoyed reading um, sports autobiographies, and they were always inspiring to me. So I think that fueled me to, a little bit to start writing things down. It was more about just getting my thoughts out there. Um, more as like a therapeutic type thing. Yeah. And, uh, I started writing that summer and I had about a hundred pages of just things about my youth hockey career and random things that happened while I was at UW. And I, I sort of kept that going during my senior year would write every few weeks if something of note happened. Um, and then when I got the Finland deal, I kind of knew, all right, like uh, my youth and high school experience was relatively unique, especially for Minnesota. Um, and me now going from club to pro in Finland, like, right, okay, that yeah. doesn't happen too often either. So I felt like I, I had a unique story. Um, when I got out to Finland, I it was more of a diary. Um, I was writing every week and I had plenty of time. Do so so <laughs> after Finland, I was up to about 240 pages and I was just like, well, like, just pretty impressive. <laughs> um, I should try to do something with it. And then it took me two and a half years to get a publisher. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I sent so many book proposals out. Yeah. Um, I was getting so many rejections. It was crazy, but I believed in my story and yeah, well, I wasn't going to stop until somebody took it. So yeah. Um, now you're what the number nine hockey autobiography on Amazon right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, Climbing up yeah. the ranks. <laughs> yeah. Um, after, after once I got the publisher, it was, uh, just a, a few years of editing and, mm. <laughs> really trying to refine the story and um that was a process in itself too just i i wasn't uh, an amazing writer i i i was i thought i was good at writing papers in high school and college but i i wasn't like super interested in it yeah. um but i really learned learned the writing process i learned from my editors how to really try to paint a picture and make things interesting not just tell the story you gotta show it yeah, yeah um so yeah that was a lot of a lot of learning and a lot of time sitting in a coffee shop staring at a paragraph and you're just like i don't know what i don't know how to fix this i don't, need to fix this, but I don't know how i'm gonna do it um but yeah it, it's so it's it was seven years in total i guess um from college to to now to get it out so it's been oh, wow a journey for sure. Yeah. It's almost like a hockey career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, again, Ryan, uh, thanks so much for, for coming on with us tonight. Uh, yeah. We probably spent way too much of your time, but, uh, <laughs> no worries. <laughs> All good. But, uh, again, it's some story, especially from a guy that played club two, albeit like 20 years ago. Um, you know, the, the whole story of, of the Facebook message leading to, you know, European pros and, and now 
you know, being a player agent and an author, I, I think it's it's really awesome. So thanks again. Yeah, no, I, I I appreciate it. I got a I got a long way to go, but yeah, I'm I'm uh, on the right track. I think. Definitely, definitely. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Thanks so it. much. My pleasure. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on your favorite podcatchers. And next time you're having beers in the lot. Remember our podcast. Tell your teammates, tell your friends. Thanks a lot.